Are you struggling to keep up with everything you need to get done in your business? And do you find yourself wearing multiple hats or failing to improve productivity? In this episode, we're joined by Laura Woodward-Drake, owner of Boost Business Assistance, and she explains how processes and systems can improve customer experience and build your brand. Welcome to the Unified Brand Podcast, brought to you by Elements Brand Management, a weekly brand building and brand strategy podcast to help you unlock your brand's potential, stand out from the competition and create impact. So today we're joined by Laura Woodward-Drake, Chair of Exmouth Chamber and owner of Boost Business Assistance, changing the way small businesses think about work to bring that Friday feeling to every day by using empowering systems to help eliminate, simplify, automate, or delegate overloaded or unwanted tasks so they can focus on the fun bits. Great to have you on the Unified Brand Podcast, Laura. It'd be good to learn a little bit more about yourself, what you do, and Boost Business Assistance. Hi, yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So like most people, the pandemic did affect me quite a bit because my history has been running Hello Exmouth, the language school based in the centre of Exmouth, which welcomes up to 4,000 international juniors to the southwest every year, which obviously does not complement the pandemic. So we found ourselves in a bit of a, okay, and then I found myself with a bit of time, which is a thing that I discovered. And so it really made me take a deep dive into what it is that I can do and what I'd seen around both through being part of the chamber as previously secretary for the last five years and joining other business networks is that there's this real kind of struggle that's already been there, but not it been heightened by the situation for small businesses. When you start a business, you've got every single hat on. And that's exactly what I've experienced through when I started 10 years ago. With the language school, you're the cleaner, you're the finance person, you're the salesperson, you're the marketeer, you do everything. And when the pandemic hit, they also couldn't afford to even consider or the concept of taking on somebody to help was a bit daunting with the uncertainty. So it's like, well, there's a group of people here that just need a boost. And that's where Boost Business Assistance was formed. And so I wanted to kind of combine not only my administration and social media skills that I then heightened during this, like calling it downtime, I think I've been busier than ever. Um, and also my knowledge of processes, because this is the core of what Boost does. It's not just a virtual assistant who just takes place in tasks. We come in and we create and transform what you do, whether that be implementing an onboarding system or for your staff, for your customers, or changing the the way you do things and measure things so that you're not firefighting and you can outsource easily or know where you need to go to move forward. And that's the kind of the ethos of it all, really. That's me. Sounds good. Well, yeah, I know the feeling of the multiple hats. So the multiple hat thing where you're wearing a hat for every different role inside that company and how hard that can be from a cognition point of view. So switching from like you said, a marketeer to the accounts or switching to, like you said, clean the office or whatever it is you're switching to, that takes cognitive load and it actually then drains you in terms of your resources quicker. So you touched on processes and I think that's a really interesting point to have a look at. So what are some of the things that you find a lot of businesses do that's holding them back from scaling, say around the processes in their business? It's as simple as it's not having data. And by data, I don't mean numbers and specifically. That can be anything from knowing how long it takes this to happen or knowing what needs to happen when and recording it. So it's most of the time it's in people's heads. You hear the classic, oh, it's just easier to do it myself. 
line and that is the thing if you keep doing that you're never gonna sustain and grow because it's all going to be in your head so you need to take that data and put it somewhere and then use it to create a plan to move forward and that's the main thing I've seen a lot of I mean I was there I used to say that a lot (laughs) I've learned how to delegate it's it's the mantra of the ever-stressed entrepreneur isn't it or business Mm -hmm. owner I could do that myself I think it holds you back from growth like you said and scaling because at some point the things that you do as a business, they need to be quantified and they need to be structured so that someone else can do that for you or take on something, but do it in the way that's right for your brand. Would you say that's a, a fair thing to say? Yeah, definitely. I think process kind of like back office stuff, so to speak, of business can actually come out and amplify the front stuff, which is your brand and how you're being perceived by your customers. That, like I spoke about onboarding and stuff, but there's some great examples of how people have got process. And by process, I mean like a a standard procedure of how things are done that really is unique to their brand. And you go, oh, that's how X does it. Well, that's how Y does it. And you instantly know, oh, that's to do with that company because of the way I feel because of that procedure. And I think that's something that a lot of people are missing out on. They hear process and they think spreadsheet. (laughs) Actually, it would be much more interesting and imaginative than that. Yeah, definitely. I think customer service is a massive thing. So whether it's onboarding a new customer or, or talking to existing customers, and it's something I saw a stat that was 80% of repeat business obviously comes from your existing pool or existing audience. So servicing those in, in a way that is process driven, I think could be really useful. And, and there's something that you talk about, TNT. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Because I think that's a really uh, nice yeah, way of putting so One of my values for this company, but also it's value for the language school is Tiny noticeable touches. I'd heard a kind of mini podcast on it before. I can't remember the name, but I'll find it and I'll circulate it because it's amazing. And it's the, the concept that when you do something, it doesn't have to cost loads, but it can make an impact. And it's the tiny little touches around how you treat your staff, how you treat your customers that can really elevate what you do. And so that kind of what I've seen by trying to implement that and encourage people to do that within the previous company is that that's sometimes not in everybody's remit to just think, oh, maybe if I do this, that will make somebody feel special. Not because dead inside or anything, but just sometimes it becomes, it's not something that is the forefront of their mind. Maybe they're focusing on something else. And so I figured out a way to kind of create it as a process so that it's a standardized way to do it. So we're all empowered to be able to achieve the same result. So for example, we had a thing where Uh, group leaders were really important and uh, decision makers and and they needed to be looked after the most and whilst it's all well and good saying oh let's make sure we make them feel special how how do we make sure that happens for every single one in the exact same way but in the same way I mean the same amount of effort not the same gift or anything and um, so we created a process by which staff had to ask the same sort of questions um, throughout the week that they were here with us and had the same hit points so we had Wednesday was Little Saturday where we would do something to uplift them, whether that be give them a voucher to the local pub or whatever. And then on the Friday, we'd all to each other and say, right, what have we learned about this person? How can we give them a boost? And then we'd get them something to do with that. So we learned, for example, one of the leaders really loved honey in their coffee. So we made sure we went and got some local honey and they could take that home with them. So it's just something to make it special. And those tiny little touches is what makes people remember you if that makes sense and it's been shown a lot in business and the wider remit so yeah definitely something i love yeah it sounds good and i like the idea of systematizing that so having a process to it because it's one of those things like you said in business you with all the best intentions you have these intentions and you want to keep things continuous but things get in the way 
And unless there is a process or a structure put in place, these things don't will not be continued or be consistent, I find. And I think it sounds like you have this, this passion for helping businesses to become more productive and process driven. Like with the Little Saturdays idea, that's a lovely idea to help people on a Wednesday, I guess on the, the typical hump day to kind of brighten their week to help them keep that productivity going through the rest of the week. So where did that passion come from? And what is it you love most about helping businesses to become more productive and systematized? Yeah, interesting. I didn't create Little Saturday, which is the disclaimer. It's actually a Nordic tradition um, oh, okay. where the, um, but I'd like to take ownership for it, <laughs> um, but it's where the workers would all go out to drink and that would be their kind of Saturday, um, so to speak. But yeah, my, I don't know where my passion came for it, but I, I've always been like able to think about gifts and stuff for friends that are a little bit different and just being able to uplift other people has always been something that's really important to me. And so when I could combine that with helping people, because business owners, small business owners, you are your business. <laughs> so if we can get your business running so that you're enjoying it and you're not being drained by it, like you said, when you've got all these different hats, then it needs itself to uplift that person. And that's what I've really loved about what I'm doing. Within even just talking to people, they instantly feel, oh, actually, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I can see how this will work. And I can see how I can get back to the bits I enjoy. I'm sure we've all read like the E-Myth and, and things like that, where they say it's always the person starting it starts it because they're the technician. And then when they become the business owner, it's that struggle that you have between actually making it into a business and, and it's sad to see when people don't kind of make it work and so if I can be the kind of I like to think like the little Mario Kart booster pads um, so that instead of them having to go through all the hardship and learn the hard way I can go well actually come this way have a boost quicker and we can uh, implement things so that you're not constantly running around firefighting and, and I, I have the motto which I feel like I should change Run your business as if you're going to get hit by a bus. I might change it to go on holiday. <laughs> um, but the idea is so that you can step out and it'll still be okay. And I, I don't know if most small businesses have that feeling right now. And it's definitely something we need, especially in the pandemic, when everybody is seeing the need for that work-life blend. And you can't just suddenly hit a switch and go, actually, I really want that. You need to create and build empowering systems within your company so that you can. And that's kind of well I was like oh well this is a great business idea let, let me do it <laughs> I think that's interesting you, you mentioned about the pandemic because there is at the moment especially with remote working or you know when you're working from home there is that blur between the work-life blend and I think you can sometimes not switch off as much and that's so that becomes even more important to have things in place processes and systems that can take that weight off you a little bit more to give you that time to be able to split the work-life blend that you've got. So what, what are some of the biggest sort of misconceptions around processes and business assistance that you see most often? Well, I think, like I said, process means a spreadsheet. Um, it doesn't have yep. to be like that. Um, it can be from a, a whiteboard to a sticky note to a video to anything, whatever medium you work best in, it can be. It's essentially just writing down how you do things. I've seen this really great thing, which I'll share with you later, actually about how you create a procedure. If you map out how you make a cup of tea and there's so many different ways and things that you need to remember within that and everyone will have their own different way of doing it. And so all the process is, is writing down steps and then making sure you can refine them to make them the most efficient. So that's the one biggest thing that when I say the word process, they're like, oh God, I don't want, I don't want another spreadsheet because that's not what they're 
if they're an entrepreneur, not to typecast, but they're, they're maybe more interested in the go-getting and creating ideas or delivering a, a service. And so maybe being bogged down in spreadsheets isn't essentially what they want to do. Maybe I've just offended a whole pool of people by saying that. <laughs> I'm sure there are spreadsheet level entrepreneurs out there as well. Yeah, that's the biggest misconception I've seen. And then it's the con- misconception that you have to do it all yourself and that you can only take on support when you reach a certain level. And what I've seen with the clients that have done so well with me so far are those that have kind of had the understanding that you make that investment now and that's how you can get there quicker, whereas otherwise you're just going to end up at a stagnant level because you can't hit those bits you need to hit to be able to take on the support. Um, without the support you can't grow and also the concept which I think again in the pandemic has definitely changed the concept of employing somebody the virtual assistant world is massive and amazing and the old idea of somebody that comes in and sits in an office so you can see exactly what they do is definitely changing because we've been forced to through remote working and so I think that's something that's definitely a misconception but it's definitely changing that you can actually work with somebody that's not in your office (laughs) Yeah, I think more people are embracing that and understanding that you don't necessarily need to have that inner culture. You need to have the inner culture. We don't need to be literally next to each other to for still things to work. I think a lot of people are apprehensive before the pandemic, but they've kind of, their hand has been moved in that. And obviously everybody wants to spend more time around other people in business, but the fact that you can, it's even more pressing now to have processes and systems you're talking about, because if you've got remote workers in different places and you want them to present your business and brand in the same way, they're going to need some sort of structure. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that that's key to a remote workforce is having some kind of structure, especially, and I know we're part of a, a networking a group that does yourself, you did a social the other day, but having those things that bring everybody together, even in a virtual space that helps people feel connected and feel part of that bigger group in a systematized way, I think is a really powerful thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I've managed to join so many great groups and networks and see how they all do things. and there's a real kind of need for community even more so at the moment because we can't physically go and, and meet with people. And so the, the ones that do it the best are the ones that have got a, a process. I mean, we're, we're both part of one of the ones that's got the biggest process we've seen, <laughs> but the ones that have got a standard way of like, right, so this is when we do this, this is because it gives people, it's like a sense of order. And so they know when things are coming and how things are going to be. And it, and it feels like they're in control for you and you can just enjoy the space. So that's what I've seen with communities that have really thrived during this. And that's what we're actually trying to create at the Exmouth Chamber. That sounds interesting. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about the Exmouth Chamber, what you're trying to do and and what uh, things you've got in plans for sort of the next 12 months or so. One thing that is obviously clear is that the need for just talking to each other is, (laughs) is needed within business because we're all actually kind of suffering similar problems but what's been seen within the community is that they feel maybe feel isolated because they don't know where to go and the chamber's been a really great um, place for people to come and get support we've got members who are like hr um, accountants who provided advice and we've run initiatives and our kind of diamond in our arsenal so to speak is our business awards and we get so, so much great traction and and support for each other in that and so that's what we want to continue And so we want to take all of our learnings from all these other networks we're part of and kind of put it into a place where we have an online forum where people can just interact with each other because at the moment we can't do networking in the old-fashioned sense. But then eventually take it into this place where there's clear like social sectors for each 
business in Exmouth and they all feel like they can talk to each other and collaborate on new ideas or campaign for community initiatives and things like that, which is stuff we've done, like the Chamber's really, really great part of Exmouth. And so it's just kind of taking it into this new era of how we all see communities and things. So I think we're doing the change at a fortunate time because I think now more than ever, people want to connect. And I think that from talking to loads of Exmouth businesses, that's what they want. And so that's what we're going to try and facilitate. Yeah, I'm seeing that here as well. So where we are, I'm on a board of trustees for a, a local charity and mm-hmm. um, it's community focused and, and seeing a similar thing. So there's more of a need now, obviously, with the pandemic for businesses to engage in the local community and be part of it and actually help the local community in some way or help themselves, you know, as in a business community as well. So I think it's, yeah, it's a really interesting time, especially coming out of, you know, hopefully soon coming out of the lockdown. I think you'll see that community spirit is kind of, it's been, the flame's been lit on that, I think, over the last year. And uh, it's, that is a positive to have seen, I think. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced in your career? You mean other than the pandemic completely destroying everything? No. Um, yep. So, but actually it's like, when, I keep saying when life gives you lemons, make a new business and it, it's turned out really well for it. But from my personal experience, I think imposter syndrome is definitely there. And I don't know whether it's because of also the chimp. I don't know if you've read the chimp paradox where you've got this yep. little thing in your mind that's completely twisting what you hear and see, but it's sometimes heightened by kind of the way interactions have happened with other people that maybe kind of because I'm female and I'm young, that maybe that I don't have the experience or, or the value to bring. And so that's been probably the biggest one to get over. It's just to remind myself, no, actually, look what you have achieved. I think as a society, we're all moving forward with, and I'm definitely not in a bad place in the sense of um, being a female and stuff. And then people have had it much worse, but it's, it's definitely still there. I think what's really good and what's what I've seen is that the old, like when I started networking very long time ago, I, I was probably one of three women <laughs> in the room. And it was that kind of old concept of, of guys in ties. And so that has definitely changed, especially because we're all online and more women owning businesses and reducing the kind of idea of it being men in ties. And so that's been an interesting part of my journey. And it's what I want to kind of help other people, which is why I created my own professionals platform for come. Because when I was young, I had a really good support network. But what I'd seen through the years is that many other uh, young professionals, female and male, were experiencing similar things, but maybe didn't have the support network in place to kind of go, hang on a second, no, you are talented. Let's take you to the next level. So yeah, that's probably my biggest challenge, which isn't too bad, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, on that, I just wanted to say, just to touch on that from an imposter syndrome point of view, you're one of the most intelligent, articulate, driven people I've met. So don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. I think what you're doing is great. And I love what you're doing with Boost and the mentorship side of things. And yeah, so from knowing you, I feel rewarded, if that makes sense. So the imposter syndrome, I think everyone gets that who cares. I think it's something that you get when you're someone who's passionate about things and you care and I think it's because you want to do the best you can do and sometimes you feel as though and it's also about skilling upskilling you get to a plateau what happens is you skill I was speaking to somebody the other day you kind of skill yourself up and you get to a plateau and Mm. it's a new place so you're kind of you've got this new skill set but it's a new makes you look at everything slightly differently and then as you become used to it you tend to get imposter syndrome at the beginning of it and then as you get used to it you start to skill up again and as you're moving up it's exciting but then you get to that plateau again and it's almost every time you reach that that new step, 
you get that imposter syndrome for a second. And I think it's just a lot of people's way of checking where they are for a minute just to see the lay of the land. But yeah, so in terms of imposter syndrome, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, definitely. It's massive and especially with becoming more isolated, I think it's being heightened a little bit for some people. And thank you so much for your kind comments. I would say likewise and continue with the love fest, but I don't know whether we'd want to go down that road because I might start crying. But you you were also like, it's been great meeting you and I love what you're doing with the podcast and everything and at your new brand and we've spoken off air and stuff about what you're creating and I think you two are driven and you've created some amazing stuff and I can only see you going up from here and if you have imposter syndrome, you need to fight it too. So maybe together we need to check ourselves. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we'll just stop. Yeah, we'll rally a cause. We'll get... um. Yeah, yeah, just text each other and be like, can you tell my chimp to shush, please? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my shush is... My chimp is playing up. Can you tell, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And on the female entrepreneur side of things, it's really important for voices like yours. I spoke to somebody on a previous podcast, Danielle meadows it, and she was talking similarly about having challenges with regards to the industry. And... Mm-hmm. um you know, it shouldn't be an issue. And it is something that everyone needs to speak out about. And it's truly inspirational. There are voices like yourself for, I've got two daughters. So it's really, it's important that people like yourself speaking out about it. And I think it's something that we need to shine a light on more often. Yeah, definitely. But I also think we have to be careful in the sense that we don't go too, like, I'm not saying let's go too far the other way. And feminism is needed it's 100% needed but I've also experienced similar needs for for males and to need the support I've had people who've worked with me who really talented but also don't have that confidence and stuff so it's it's kind of more and that's why I did the young professionals platform it's not only to help encourage women and empower women to maybe create their own businesses just by chance I have four women young professionals working with me it wasn't an active choice but they were the ones that won the placement but and they are fantastic but it's also just to help anyone, anyone that doesn't have that network and that doesn't have that support telling them that they can do it and things. It's really important right now, especially with the current situation. And all of the, my four people are in university and they're all experiencing really difficult times right now. And so they're the ones that are coming forward from all this. Like They need the support to say, yes, you can do this. And and what's really exciting is seeing, like I've met in networks, a guy who um, has just graduated university, but he's already running a really good tech company. And this that's what's really exciting. It's just seeing young people taking, not that age is, again, age is just a number. So it's not like it has to be one or the other. It just, I think we all need to be in the same sphere and respect each other and support each other. And yeah, young professionals definitely need a bit more of a, a kind of, because <laughs> I experienced it myself. I had to manage, I kind of lied about my age for about five years when I was managing people because maybe it was just in my mind. I was like, oh, well, I'm 24 and you're all older and and maybe won't respect what I'm saying. Perhaps I didn't give them the chance to. But it's that kind of, actually, just because you might be young doesn't mean you don't know what the answer is. It's, it's about experience and how you apply the learnings you've had. And sometimes people who are older haven't applied those learnings. So maybe somebody younger does have those learnings so it's not discriminating through age i think is really important so that's why it's really interesting when they say don't put your age on your cv yeah i totally agree it's important for for young people to feel they have options as well and the ability like you said it's about fanning the flames of entrepreneurship innovation creativity and allowing those people to feel confident that they have a place to do it i think is is important so what are some tips that you can give the listeners that will help them streamline their business so a few sort of things they could do today that might help them start thinking about systematizing their business? Yeah. I could go on for hours for this. No, um, so <laughs> I'm actually writing 
a kind of concept on uh, it, was, it was in my presentation yesterday, Chris, about uh, the rule of three. But it is really interesting how this kind of concept of three can be applied in so many different ways. So if I was to say you've got one tip and one tip only, and I brought it to a few years ago to a, a group and they've applied it and it's really worked. And it's to, in your day, if you feel overloaded and you feel like you're just kind of taking things as they come and then that's how you miss things, try and create the idea of like your magic three. What are three things that you want to get done that day that you have to get done that day? Just three. Don't write lots and lots of lists because they're not going to get done and then you'll feel bad they're not going to get done. And also, if you've got a team, each of you explain what your three things are and then you know what everyone else is doing. So that helps create alignment, which is really important within teams. You don't feel isolated and you don't know what each other is working on. It's kind of gives a way to create conversations, celebrate wins, learn from things that maybe you don't get done and then move forward. So that's one kind of tip I'd say if you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked. And then, I mean, it's a slight plug, but do what you do best and outsource the rest is definitely good uh, wise words and loads of my clients do that and it's people who get that that really get it to the next level and then the other thing is if you feel like you are just like I said you constantly just go 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 and you don't get the time to stop and think pencil in the time to stop and think and re- like block it out in your calendar don't take on other meetings stop and think how you can record data so that you can then use that information whether that be to fix it yourself or whether it be to help get external support to fix it. But you can't move forward if you don't know where you are. I know there's that famous quote is what can't be measured can't be improved. And so you really need to go back to basics. And that's what I think a lot of people struggle with when it comes with the concept of outsourcing is, is where to start? Like, what do I get rid of? How does it work? And so if you can really pick what it is that you do and the data around it you can then start to build and realize maybe you don't need a team member there maybe it's better used here maybe you don't need all this resource here you can move it here and that will help you run the most kind of lean business that you have but also penciling that time regularly (laughs) so that's where the kind of concept of that maybe you've heard of like lean um lean six sigma and i think it's toyota correct me if i'm wrong but do it and it's all about that constant improvement. You can't just be lean and be like, I'm lean now, I'm done. You have to keep checking and, and analyzing that data and making sure you're being effective. And that's effective with how your profit is, effective with how your team are, effective with how you are in your day, effective with how your customers feel. Like, are your customers getting the best experience? Or is it good, but it could be better with a process in place because they get cohesive experience. A staff member can take it over. You can go on holiday. You can relax. So yeah, so those are like the three things I'd recommend. Outsource, stop and take time and start using the magic three and that will help dictate your day and it will make you feel like you're achieving more because you're not disappointed because you've not achieved your long, long to-do list. That's really interesting. The magic three thing that you spoke about yesterday in the presentation is something that I didn't know it as a rule or anything, but it's something that I've used in branding and marketing. When you're doing something like um, explaining a product or something like that, the three points, and it's something to do with, I read somewhere about if people can remember three things, it seems it's easier than if it's, if there's any more people forget. So what you're talking about there with the magic three on a day basis is a really Mm -hmm. good idea because that's going to stick in the mind of the person who is trying to work on that task. So they're going to have those three things in their head and then it doesn't get overloaded because that's one of the biggest things. When you have a long list of stuff, the worst thing you can do is always too long and it, and things get added to it as well throughout the day. And that can be really stressful. 
yeah, you have to be disciplined. You have to go, is this part of my three? Because you will get tempted to kind of diverge and, and stuff. But if you can stick to this three, it really will help guide you and what you're going to achieve and things. And yeah, it's like I said yesterday, it's uh, it's used in a lot of copy and, and language and, and everything. And comedians use it for jokes. And it's just this weird like pattern recognition thing. And hands face face, as the government say. We can all remember that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you're right about the customer thing is quite interesting because I always think that as soon as you get stressed and it shouldn't be, it should still be, it should be the most important thing. But when you have a lot of stuff going on in a business, it always seems to be that in a lot of examples, the customer is the thing that gets, the existing customer anyway, is the thing that sometimes gets pushed to the side and it should actually be the other way around really. It should be the thing, your existing customers are the things that you should be looking after the most. But you see it when people get, get overly stressed and then their customer service almost drops. So being able to have like you said, to be able to go on holiday and have that business continue to interact with your customers in the way that you want it to, in a, in a way that's going to make them feel special and keep them engaged. I think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. Especially as, like, as you know, how your customer feels is very much part of what your brand perception is. And, and they go hand in hand. They don't, you don't have just a company and, and then a brand, a lovely brand, and then this kind of feeling of your customer is completely separate. If you can create something where that person can instantly recognize that they're feeling uplifted by how they've interacted with your company, that can be really powerful. And that's what will make them stick around. But if you don't focus on that, it kind of it just becomes transactional. And it's a really missed opportunity that I've seen a lot of people do miss. So yeah, focusing on, I think there was a, a study, something where it's like 70% or something, don't quote me on that, um, more expensive to take on to get new leads and, and customers than it is to just nurture the ones you have. So that's really important. Definitely. And the more you nurture those customers and like you said, introduce them to your brand in a way that where they feel they get that emotion, you build trust with them, you build loyalty with them. And that will over time turn them into a bit of an advocate for your brand. And one yeah. of those people that is a raving fan and it, it's only done through consistency. And the only way you can get consistency in, in a business that is stressful and, and everything's on top of you or there's a lot going on is to systematize some sort of process. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So what trends are you seeing in the sort of business development space that are in 2021 or beyond? I think there's a lot more businesses emerging with like a just cause, which is a thing that Simon Sinek talks about in his Infinite Game book, which he's my professional crush. Um, <laughs> so it's much like we're talking about we, the old school way of thinking of, oh, I want to be better. I want to be the best. I want to be the top. But who decides who the top is like there's no actual like there's not a judge to say you're the top you're the best and then that's also finite like you're the best that year and so the kind of businesses that are kind of coming through or developing are ones that are thinking about legacy and how they can create something that empowers people and community and that kind of feeling and so that people want to get on board and join the journey so it's more about being inclusive in that respect than it is being the best and so like a just cause for example like for mine is that the unprofessionals I could just say I run an outsourcing company and I've hired a few team members but I wanted it to be more than that I wanted to be able to give back and support so that's what I'm seeing a lot of there's companies that are going oh actually no we want to do this and it's especially within the like environment stuff I saw yesterday a gin company who had dedicated to reduce their, their carbon emission and everything, but also give back to the local space by planting a tree. I know that's quite usual, but it just seemed really like you don't exactly expect that to be at the heart of a gin company. 
And there was one, I saw a really great gift box company because it's just, we're kind of wanting just transaction. We're wanting a bit of heart in the companies that we work with, I think, as, as people. Yeah, so in business, I'm seeing a lot more focus on a just cause. And that's spoken a lot about in Simon's next infinite game. And it's talking about not just having a company to be the best and to do this and read like these kind of hyperbolic statement and finite things. It's more about legacy and creating a company that has a just cause that you're all working together towards to support other people, other initiatives. And that's where kind of charity and and business is slightly merging. Examples of that would be like a gin company I saw who had agreed to make efforts to reduce their carbon emissions and also plant a tree for every bottle of gin. And you don't necessarily think of that when you think of gin. (laughs) A gift box company who for every gift you ordered, they donate a meal to a local charity. And it's not just about the specific charity transactions it's also just maybe what's at the heart of it like for example myself i launched a young professionals platform because i didn't just want a company that just hired people and and we just carried on i wanted to have something else something where i could give back and so that's where the kind of young professionals platform where they get uh, work experience placements mentorship and digital learning about professional skills so yeah i think that's something that's really coming through maybe because of the pandemic or maybe that's just how we're moving forward but i think people are wanting to interact with companies that have a bit of a heart yeah definitely i've talked about it before i think there's a book called grow by jim stengel he's a guy who was at procter and gamble and they used to sort of parachute him in to different countries all across the world where there was a particular issue with a brand in that country and the first thing Mm -hmm. he'd do is he'd go in and he'd instill a purpose So like in Simon Sinek's first book, Start With Why, he'd instill a purpose to the brand. And then they'd look to then look at things like that. So the wider community and how the brand can develop. And he went on to do a study with an organization that is like a data analysis organization. And they they followed companies for 10 years across different industries in America. So all varied industries, all different sides of business. And the ones that had a purpose or had a deeper meaning, deeper cause, like you said, they grew three times faster than ones that didn't. There's also a backup stat I've seen about people who want to buy from businesses they share values with. So being able to connect with that wider community and do something. I think it's the it should be the role of business to do that as well. I think there is something that businesses need to do, which is to give something back and have that cause and have that vision and where they're going. Because I, I believe it's something that is crucial for us all as a global society, really, that businesses become a bit more faceless and that's been happening with social media over the years where those walls have dropped down from like the 80s when you just had these big corporations where there was no way to see who was behind the doors and it was all shrouded in mystery and those barriers have been broken more and more down as the years go and it's more about being human and relatable and engaging with the community yeah definitely i think it's also like you see it in social media i think the kind of concept that's still fairly new is the kind of influencer that's got everything all shiny and and all this there's this greater kind of movement to valuing people that are showing realness and showing heart and stuff and that's definitely similar in the social media way as well so it's good i like it because then i don't have to worry about what i look like on social media <laughs> i've just um actually i've just on that i've just ventured into tiktok and uh, oh nice <laughs> yeah so that's like that a lot and i quite it's really refreshing like it's you just record and put what you want to put up there it's nothing else to it and it's you don't have to worry about editing and stuff like that. You edit it, but it's not in the same way. It's not as it's not as polished and it's quite yeah, it's quite refreshing. I think that's why it's doing so well. Definitely. I think we're kind of dropping this the filter, so to speak. And 
which is kind of changed a lot anyway since when America's first stop mo- next stop model first started back in the 90s or whatever it was. We've definitely moved as a culture towards dropping that filter and just showing more authenticness, I think. And I think that's similar with what Clubhouse is trying to create, yeah. isn't it? Where yeah. It's just creating conversations. It's not posing and trying to present yourself as your best self because again what is best who decides who's the greatest just show who you are and talk about what you do and therefore if there's no camera you don't have to focus on that so that's really interesting yeah and the people that relate to you and and that get on board with what you're saying they will find you and they will follow you but it's about being true to yourself definitely so have you seen any individuals or companies recently that you think have nailed their business sort of operations or organization well a classic example is obviously like KFC and McDonald's in the sense that the reason they have that output, okay, sometimes it goes astray if you get your odd cold, but generally they've got a a system of how you start with your burger and how it gets to the end and how it's packaged and everything's sort through. So then their onboarding of staff is easier. Their customer experience is cohesive and all that. So that's a really good kind of aspiration to get to kind of, we always used to say, let's get to chicken shop level processes here, please. Um, (laughs) But in terms of like, I've seen some really great um, companies to use process within their, like I keep saying with customer service and like add their flavor to how, how they're interacting with people. So like you've got MailChimp who have got the same kind of quirky little comments every time you go to send and things like that. So that's really interesting when you see marketing companies use it as an excuse to kind of shine their brand, but also everyone gets, you see it every time you hit the button, but you remember it as being a MailChimp interaction because you laugh at it a little bit every time, even though you've seen it about 30 times. (laughs) So that's really interesting seeing companies. So I love those types of ones. And also within my client, I've got a couple of clients who are really, really aiming high and they're going to definitely achieve it. That's because they understand that they really need to get the data now so that they can then create like this evergreen funnel or standard way of doing things that you know that if you invest money in the data is just going to then duplicate and it's all relative in that respect so that's what's really interesting and i think seeing brands take that on within like i said like the fast food but i think it's going everywhere in hospitality it's marketing yeah it's that kind of thing it's really really exciting to see yeah the mailchimp one's really cool because they there was something i saw about experiences and you tend to remember the beginning of an experience and then the peak can be negative or positive. So whatever Mm -hmm. peaks your experience emotionally in that particular experience, you'll remember as that thing. So with the MailChimp, those little things at the end of, like you said, when you send a button, that satisfying feeling and that kind of fun comment is what you remember and you tie that to MailChimp. So adding those little things in is really cool. And if you can do that, that's only going to build your brand in a really organic way. And in a way that delights your customers, you know, it's going to make them feel good about interacting with you as a business or brand. Definitely. And even if it's not to add quirks in, because maybe that's not relevant to your company, it's, I always say like, map out your customer journey in like a heartbeat and where are the highs and lows of it and what can you make easier? So I, I, talk, I spoke with somebody yesterday, financial services guy, and he's, he's like wanting to change the way that is for people by having this digital app and it'd be so much easier, easier route to entry. So that's how he's creating that feeling. It's not necessarily through a quirky brand, but he's identified something that he can make into a system <laughs> so that his customers' interactions are much easier for something that's quite complex. Yeah, definitely. So it's got to be in keeping with, yeah, with who you are. Yeah, 100%. So thanks for coming on today, Laura. It's been really good having you. And uh, where can people find out more about yourself, about Boost and about the Exmouth Chamber? Thank you for having me. And thank you for your very kind comments as well. 
I'm growing my LinkedIn at the moment. So if they want to hit me up on LinkedIn, it's Laura Woodward Drake. And that's where you'll see all updates regarding Chamber and Boost Business Assistance. And if you want to check out my Young Professional Social Media Takeover, because we're trying to grow their um, LinkedIn audience as well, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Brilliant. I'll put all those links in the description below. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up again. Maybe we'll do this again a month or two. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully with a glass of wine in person. <laughs> yes, that would be <laughs> good. Not at this time of the morning though. <laughs> no, no. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. We've just put together a weekly brand tip video series which is designed to help you to unlock your brand's potential and stand out from the competition. And if you're interested, if you just go to elementsbrandmanagement.co.uk forward slash weekly hyphen brand hyphen tips, sign up and you'll be delivered a three to five minute video a week straight to your inbox. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to receive more, You can subscribe in all the usual places. We're talking iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Please, if you get a chance, rate and review. It helps the podcast to kind of get a bit more visibility and allows us to keep on producing these podcasts. Have a great week. Catch up soon. Keep those brands unified.